Well, I cannot believe that it took us two years of this pandemic, two full years of this pandemic to discover that the way to protect us against, you know, a mild virus is for the government to freeze citizens' bank accounts and call citizens protesting mandates terrorists. Thank God we found this cure. Imagine how many lives we could have saved if the communists had commied us sooner. My friends, this is what's happening in Canada. They're no longer a democracy. They're no longer even a monarchy. Because remember, by the way, that the Queen of England still has dominion over Canada. This is authoritarian even for a monarchy, what Justin Trudeau is doing to Canada. In fact, Justin Trudeau is an actual communist. And I know, we can all, we can all see his actions, but he's an actual, factual communist. This is what Justin Trudeau said in 2013. He was asked during a fundraiser, he was asked what other administration of what of another country around the world he admired, and this is his answer. Take a listen. The level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China, um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start, you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, but I find quite interesting. Justin Trudeau is an actual communist. That is his ideology. He is a communist. This is not just a power trip. This is not just a crackdown. He's an actual communist who has openly admitted that he admires a basic dictatorship because the government can then do whatever they want? Like, how on earth did he actually get into the position of power that he is in in Canada? This is the kind of politician you don't want to let anywhere near a seat of authority or power. He's an actual communist, but not actually in the way that you might think. Yes, his actions right now are communist actions, but it is so much worse. That is what we're going to talk about tonight. I'm Liz Wheeler, welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. By the way, did you notice that in the wake of Justin Trudeau's crackdown in Canada, he invoked the Emergency Powers Act and the government, this is giving government just incredible power. Did you notice that there are no Western leaders, meaning not the president of the United States, not the UK, I mean, obviously not Australia at this point, no European nations that are ostensibly democracies. Did you notice that no Western leader or politician has actually condemned what Justin Trudeau is doing? There's not like this outcry from leaders of free nations around the world saying, whoa, buddy, whoa, you're supposed to be one of us. You are not an authoritarian. You are not a dictatorship. You really shouldn't be violating the rights of your people like that. Nothing. There are no leaders that are saying this. That actually terrifies me almost as much as um, what Trudeau is doing here, because if they're not speaking out against it, why do you think that is? They're not speaking out against it because either they wish that they could have done the same or they know that they're going to do the same in the future. They are implicitly endorsing it by not condemning it because this is too big of an international story for it for it to be ignored and for it not to warrant some kind of comment. So um, I don't love to see that. I don't love to see no Western leaders. Actually, even conservative politicians in the United States, this is kind of a pet peeve of mine that's growing by the day. It's, it's a trend I've noticed. So you know how when it comes to vaccine mandates, I have expressed how my pet peeve is when conservative politicians say, oh, I'm, I'm anti-mandate. I, I am opposed to vaccine mandates, but I myself have gotten vaccinated and all my family members have gotten vaccinated. 
And I don't like when politicians do this. Conservatives particularly do this. I think it's virtue signaling. It's, I don't, I, if you get vaccinated, that's your business, but you don't have to attach that, uh, that caveat to your anti-mandate stance. Just be anti-mandate in and of itself, period, full stop. You don't have to add this virtue signaling. Well, conservative politicians and pundits in the United States are starting to do this same sort of thing about the Canadian trucker convoy, the freedom convoy. They're starting to add a caveat. I don't know why. I don't know why they feel it necessary to add this caveat, but they're starting to say, well, I support the truckers, but at the same time, I don't think that they should be blockading or occupying the way that they are. So a couple thoughts here. First of all, the words blockading and occupying are from the left. These words have been deployed the same way that the word insurrection was deployed by the mainstream media on the left here in the United States as it related to January 6th. It is not the real definition of the word insurrection here in the United States. It's not an accurate portrayal of what the truckers are doing to call what they're doing a blockade or an occupation. So don't play by the left's rules, first of all. Do not let the left hijack the definition of these words and then deploy them to make it seem like the truckers are doing something that they're not. That's the first thing. Do not adhere to the rules of the left because you'll lose if you do. You'll lose if you do. The second thing is I, I've looked very closely at this, at this trucker convoy, this freedom convoy, and there's one thing about it that sets it apart from almost every other protest that I can think of in recent history. And we're gonna talk about that in just a second, but first I wanna talk to you about GenuCell. Now, before you skip the ads, Yes, we look at our analytics and data. I know some of you skip the ads sometimes, but just take a listen to this one. So let me introduce you to GenuCell. Bags and puffiness under the eyes are a problem for millions of Americans, men and women, until now. Introducing the new GenuCell serum with plant stem cell technology for under eye bags and puffiness. Susan from New Jersey wrote, and I quote, I've been using GenuCell for a couple months. The puffiness around my eyes is gone. Even the crow's feet and small lines have disappeared and haven't come back. I love your product. I use it under my eyes, around my cheekbones, and on my eyelids, end quote. With GenuCell's Instant Effects product, Instant Effects product, this is the one to get, you'll see results in the first 12 hours or your money back. I guarantee it. And if you order now, you can save big on GenuCell's risk-free introductory offer. Just go to GenuCell.com slash Liz. That's GenuCell.com slash Liz. Order now and use my special promo code, Liz obviously, to save an extra 10% off your order today, go to genucel.com slash Liz. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz. Genucel.com slash Liz. So there's one thing about the Freedom Convoy of truckers in Canada that sets it apart from other protests that we have seen recently in the United States. And the, the one thing is violence. There is no violence that's being committed by these truckers. And you, you know that we would know if there was, because this is all the mainstream media would report on. No, the, the, only, the only part of this protest, or the only reason this protest is being labeled as a violent protest is because dishonest politicians like Trudeau are saying this is not a peaceful protest. Well, my, my response to that is, what about it is not peaceful? What, where's the violence happening? Is there, is there looting that's happening? Is there arson that's happening? Is there vandalism that's happening? Is there assault of police officers that are happening? Are there murders happening? Are there rapes happening? Wh where's the violence that you're talking about? Because when I think of violence in an occupation, I think of Antifa. I think of the Chaz Chop Zone where there were actual murders, actual rapes, and utter destruction of property. That's what I think of when I think of violence and an occupation. And when I think of a non-peaceful protest, I think of 
stores, private stores, private enterprises being broken into, being looted, their merchandise being stolen by people who claim that they are doing it in the name of racial justice or racial equality. I think of arson, I think of flames in the background of CNN as CNN claims that these protests are peaceful in Wisconsin. I think of, you know, that, that's what I think of when I think of a non-peaceful protest or when I think of a occupation or if I think of a riot. But when I see this, this freedom convoy, I think to myself, okay, there are people that are in the streets, they are making their voices heard, they are being disruptive. Now, disruptive is very different than being violent. Disruptive is, yeah, they are disrupting traffic. Um, although you'll notice, by the way, that they always leave one lane so emergency vehicles can get through. So they are not blocking a highway, which would cause an ambulance not to get through, which could cost somebody your lives. No, they're actually being disruptive in a thoughtful way. You have to be disruptive in this situation if you want to get a response from your government officials who are imposing mandates on you. If you just go and gather in a big cornfield somewhere out of the way, the mainstream media is going to ignore you and politicians are going to ignore you and your voice is not going to be heard and thus nothing is going to change. You have to be disruptive. That's what they're doing. They're being disruptive in a peaceful way. This is not a blockade. This is not an occupation. This is not an insurrection. This is not violence. They brought a bouncy house out there for their kids. This is negative 15 degrees in some places. They are braving the cold to make their politicians know that you as a politician represent the citizens. You are supposed to listen to the citizens. That's why you are in power as representatives. People have grills out there, they have bonfires, there are food trucks that are feeding people, they're bringing fuel to the truckers. This is a peaceful protest. And yes, again, it's disruptive. So, I don't, under, I, I don't understand the big deal with that. I don't understand why that's controversial at all. This is the idea of a redress of grievances to your government, of, of gathering together. This is the freedom of assembly. This, this is people using their free speech to make their voices heard, to make sure that their government is not, well, imposing communism on him, which is exactly what Trudeau is doing. I mean, Trudeau giving himself emergency powers is draconian. It obviously makes him a communist. Um, and the worst part of it, perhaps, is when Trudeau is announcing that he's giving himself these emergency powers, he claims that it's going to be reasonable and proportionate from the government. Um, and reasonable and proportionate, by the way, compared to or in response to the threat being posed by this blockade or by this convoy, I should say. I don't, want to use the, I don't want to use the word that the left wants me to use. Take a look at this. After speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. Justin Trudeau is a communist, but that's not even why. That's Justin Trudeau's communism coming to light. He's exposing his communism, but this is just, this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is the tip of the iceberg. The deputy prime minister of Canada has issued an order allowing banks, or actually ordering banks, it's not just allowing them, ordering banks to not only cooperate with the government on who's involved in the Freedom Convoy, but to freeze their bank accounts and cancel the insurance of every corporation that is involved here, cancel the corporate accounts of any, any business whose truck is involved in the Freedom Convoy, no warrant necessary, no court order necessary, on only suspicion, only suspicion, not any guilty not any guilty conviction or anything like that. And if they get it wrong, then as long as it was in good faith, they'll be forgiven. This is, this is actually shocking. It's worse than martial law. Take a listen to this. Second, the government is issuing an order with immediate effect 
under the Emergencies Act, authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other financial service providers to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades. And of course, the deputy prime minister takes it a step further. They are, they're expanding their definition of terrorists. They're expanding their definition of following the money as they would if they were trying to uncover a terror plot or stop a terror organization. And she says it herself, listen. We are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. Okay, so all of this, all of this, and then Justin Trudeau claims that this is not a peaceful protest. You can hear it in his own words. I mean, this is not an exaggeration. Listen to him. This is not a peaceful protest. Justin Trudeau is an actual communist. He is an actual communist. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association, which is generally pretty liberal, they say this about the, leg the legality of the thing, not even the morality. They say, the federal government has not met the threshold necessary to invoke the Emergencies Act. This law creates a high and clear standard for good reason. The act allows government to bypass ordinary democratic processes. This standard has not been met. The Emergencies Act can only be invoked when a situation seriously threatens the ability of the government of Canada to preserve the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity of Canada, and when the situation cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. Governments regularly deal with, with difficult situations and do so using powers granted to them by democratically elected representatives. Emergency legislation should not be normalized. It threatens our democracy and our civil liberties. So the part of this, I think, or the part of the emergency... At the Emergencies Act, the, the standards within this piece of legislation or within this law that I find to be the most compelling is the phrase cannot be effectively dealt with under any other law of Canada. Justin Trudeau could, with a snap of his fingers, stop these protests. He could solve this problem. If this is a supply chain crisis to the extent that he is claiming it is, all he has to do is say, actually, I'm going to rescind my vaccine mandate for truckers who cross state lines and voila, that's all there is to it. It would end. The Freedom Convoy would go home because that's what they want. They want their rights respected here. So it certainly could be effectively dealt with with any other law, under any other law in Canada. There's certainly, Justin Trudeau has the power to do this. But he, here's the thing. We all know that all of these actions make him a communist. It's draconian. It's horrifying. You might notice that I don't seem particularly surprised by this, and I'm not 
particularly surprised by this because Justin Trudeau has been a communist his entire political life. We make fun of him for showing up in blackface. We make fun of him for his flamboyant costumes. We make fun of him for doing yoga upside down on his on the desk of his staff. I mean, the guy's a goofball. He's an embarrassment to Canada. He's obviously a poor leader, but it's worse than that. His ideology and his fortune are tied to communist regimes. And so I'm not surprised to see him waging a communist takeover of Canada. I'm surprised it took him this long to do it. I'm not surprised at all because th th this is the history. I mean, this is what Trudeau himself said when Cuban dictator, communist Cuban dictator Fidel Castro died. This is what Trudeau said about him. Quote, it is with deep sorrow that I learned today of the death of Cuba's longest serving president. Fidel Castro was a larger than life leader who served his people for almost half a century. Served his people? Are you kidding me? I mean, this man presided, Castro the dictator presided over the death of we don't even know how many people because of his communism. People starved, people were jailed, people were killed, people were shot. I mean, the fact that he even said served his people shows you exactly, exactly where Trudeau's ideology is, where his heart is. He goes on, a legendary revolutionary and orator, Mr. Castro made significant improvements to the education and healthcare of his island nation. So what you just heard, that sentence, that is communist propaganda. That's communist propaganda. The communists in Cuba tell you that under Castro, the literacy rate increased. Well, it actually didn't significantly. And if it did, it was only because Castro wanted to teach people to read in order to indoctrinate them in communism so that they would be docile, little socialists and communists trained and brainwashed in his ways to obey him. So this is not something to brag about. The healthcare system in Cuba, I know liberals to this day claim that the healthcare system in Cuba is something to be admired, that it exemplifies government-run healthcare. No, no, it's a two-tier system in Cuba where the sorry people, the Cuban people who have been terrorized by the communist government, if you go to the hospital in Cuba, you have to bring your own light bulbs, your own blankets. Surgical instruments are rusty in hospitals in Cuba. I mean, this is nasty, nasty stuff. And the elites in Cuba, well, they fly to Spain. They go to a different country for their healthcare because, you know, rules for thee, or rules for me are different than rules for thee. So just so we know, Trudeau, at the death of Fidel Castro was actually just regurgitating communist talking voice. He goes on, while a controversial figure, yeah, it's a little controversial to, you know, shoot gay people for being gay. While a controversial figure, both Mr. Castro's supporters and detractors recognized his tremendous dedication and love for the Cuban people who have a deep and lasting affection for El Comandante. Really? You think the families of the people that Castro murdered have a deep and abiding love for this terrorist who murdered their loved ones? Trudeau is an actual communist, an actual communist. He goes on, I know my father was very proud to call him a friend. He said, I had the opportunity to meet Fidel when my father passed away. It was also a real honor to meet his three sons and his brother, President Raul Castro, during my recent visit to Cuba. On behalf of all Canadians, Sophie and I offer our deepest condolences to the family, friends, and many, many supporters of Mr. Castro. We join the people of Cuba today in mourning the loss of this remarkable leader. Like, can you even, can you even wrap your mind around this? This is the most disgusting this is the most disgusting display of affection for a man who is known as one of the most brutal communist dictators in the history of the modern world. And Justin Trudeau is just bowing to him. He's just licking his shoes. It's 
Why? Well, because Justin Trudeau ideologically is a communist. He ideologically admires Fidel Castro. He ideologically admires basic dictatorships. And it's even worse. Not only ideologically is Justin Trudeau a communist, his fortune is heavily tied to communist ideology. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. But first I wanna talk about Nutrafol. We all know half of the people who watch my show are balding men. Yes, you, you know who you are. There's no shame in it. There is, however, a holistic solution for men that promotes both healthier hair and whole body wellness without drugs or prescriptions. I'm crunchy, you know I like crunchy solutions. Nutrafol is clinically shown to improve hair growth thickness, and visible scalp coverage without compromise. It's made of 21 potent natural ingredients that support better sleep, less stress, and sex drive too. In a clinical study, men showed progressive improvement in hair and growth and thickness after three and six months. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 1,500 top doctors. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair, and you can support our show, win-win, by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Liz to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. It's only available to US customers and for a limited time. Plus you get free shipping on every order if you use my promo code. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use my promo code, promo code Liz. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. Okay. So ideologically, Justin Trudeau is a communist. You can see it from the way that he is salivating over Fidel Castro's brutal communist regime. You can hear it in his own words when he is admiring the, quote, basic dictatorship of China and how that allows the government of China to do what they want. You know, they don't have to listen to those, those pesky citizens. They're pesky little people. Um, his fortune, his money. Justin Trudeau also has gotten an incredible amount of money from China, the communist dictatorship of China. And this, by the way, is not something that's just exclusive to Justin Trudeau. This is something that their entire family, the Trudeau family. So Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, was also the prime minister of Canada way back when. And he openly praised socialist and communist regimes. This is Pierre Trudeau's words. The party of the people, socialism, communism, will eventually come out the winner. That was Pierre Trudeau's ideology. He took a trip as a young man to Red China, wrote a book about it. By the way, this trip, these, these trips to China that Pierre Trudeau took were oftentimes paid for by, well, the communist government of China. He wrote a book about it um, in which he praised China. The things he said about the Chinese communists during, I mean, during Mao's rule, he praised Mao Zedong. I mean, th this is, this is, Crazy stuff. In 1960, Pierre Trudeau took a trip to China, paid for, this one was paid for by the Chinese government. And this is what he said. He said, goals have no more reality than the means that are devised to reach them. Indeed, the experience of that superb strategist, Mao Zedong, might lead us to conclude that in a vast and heterogeneous country, the possibility of establishing socialist strongholds in certain regions is the very best thing. So Trudeau's dad, Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre Trudeau, I mean, he was a socialist. He admitted it. He, he actually did an analysis of China and praised China, praised their communism, and praised the communist dictator Mao. Keep in mind, keep in mind, during the Great Leap Forward, which is when China, the Chinese government, transitioned China into the socialist, communist, elitist, fascist system of government that they have right now, by doing so, they caused the death of 50 million of their people. 
through starvation, through oppression, through outright murder. They killed 50 million people. And yet while the the person who presided over this, the dictator who presided over this, Mao Zedong, Pierre Trudeau, Justin Trudeau's dad, praised him. This is what he wrote about Mao. Quote, our firm impression was of a simple person, deeply committed to the communist cause, but not at all with the aim of achieving personal power. One who was almost deferential to all those around him, whether Chinese villagers or foreign guests, a decent human being who attracted respect because of his person, not his position. A decent human being? This is is the classic, by the way, this is the classic, the ends justify the means. So Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre Trudeau, convinced himself that socialism was the best, that communism even could be the best. And so in a socialist mind or in a communist mind, they believe that the strife or the growing pains, if you will, of transitioning a free people into a subjugated people This process of subjugation, this process of oppression is worth it because at the end of the day, the socialist form of government is the best. The communist form of government is the most moral and the most practical. And so when they look at these these despots, these dictators, these murderers, these mass murderers and praise them, that is a clue as to their ideology. That is a clue that they think that the ends justify their means. That's terrifying in a leader especially in a Western nation. So this is Justin Trudeau's dad, Pierre Trudeau. He was prime minister of Canada himself. Now, by the way, Pierre Trudeau, daddy Trudeau, was also um, critical of Taiwan, more critical of Taiwan's independence than he was of the gross, disgusting human rights abuses that were happening under the Chinese communist dictatorship. So um, he also cut ties with Taiwan in favor of opening opening ties with Beijing at the time. This was when, this was right at the, around the time that the U.S. also opened um, open communication with the, the communist Chinese. So at, at, this, was, this was before Pierre Trudeau was, was prime minister. Then when he became prime minister, he, that's how he acted when it came to Taiwan. As prime minister, um, he also praised the Chinese communists. Now, why is this important? Because so often these very radical leftists like Bernie Sanders, for example. You know, well, Bernie Sanders went to the Soviet Union, praised the Soviet Union when when it was oppression, when it was just awful, when it was socialism. And he did this in, I mean, it wasn't his youth. He still had white hair, but youth compared to what he is now. He did it 20, 30 years ago, not 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And now he claims that, oh, that was such a long time ago. That doesn't count. It, it wasn't when he was, it wasn't when he was in the position of power that he is now. Well, Pierre Trudeau doesn't have any such any such argument that he can make. He can't, he can't disassociate his comments as a young man from his reign as prime minister because he praised the Chinese communists when he was in office, when he was uh, prime minister. This is what he said. He said, the magnitude of one of the most significant revolutions in the history of the world and the extension of basic human amenities to hundreds of millions. He was praising the Chinese communists turning China full on communist. And he said the extension of basic human amenities to hundreds of millions. What about, what about the 50 million people who died, dude? I mean, th- this is messed up stuff. This is messed up stuff. And then when he was prime minister, he also supported the Canada-China Business Council, which um, freedom-loving people knew was just an avenue for China to get a grip on Canada. Um, so as I said, Pierre Trudeau was very ideologically a communist. Now, Justin Trudeau's brother, Alexander Trudeau, has said that Justin 
got much of his ideology or the family got much of their ideology and their love for China based on their father's relationship with China. So Justin Trudeau's brother, Alexander, um, says that this is essentially a family thing. Well, it makes sense because Alexander Trudeau has made an incredible amount of money based on his family's political connections to Beijing. It's very similar, actually, to what we talked about on the show yesterday with American politicians who make money off of their relationship with communist officials in China, both in office and after office. That's what the Trudeaus have done as well. Alexandra Trudeau has made an incredible amount of money off of the communist Chinese. And, you know, part of that is, is sucking up. Part of that is kissing tail. Part of that is allowing the Chinese to get away with human rights abuses and not speaking out against it. Um, in fact, the Trudeaus, this is the father Trudeau, Pierre, and the two sons, Alexander and Justin, went to China just a year after Tiananmen Square. Now, they were supposed to go in 1989, right at the time of Tiananmen Square, but the Canadian government asked them not to after that atrocity happened. The next year, they went, and um, they didn't condemn Tiananmen Square. Like, what? how could you possibly go to China in that time and not address that? Not address that. In fact, they parroted what is now still the Chinese narrative when it comes to our criticism of their human rights abuse. This is what Alexander said. Outsiders simply cannot know what is best for China, nor how it need travel down its chosen path. It's hard to know how China needs to move forward. So they're excusing. They're not only making money off of Chinese communists. They not only are sympathetic to communism as an ideology, they're excusing atrocities um, that are almost unparalleled in the modern world conducted by the Chinese Communist Party. It's awful. It's awful. And the Chinese Communist Party knows they have a hold on the Trudeaus. They, the Chinese Communist Party republished a version um, of Pierre Trudeau's book. They republished it in the Chinese language right as Justin Trudeau was about to take office. Like, this tangled web is never ending. The Trudeaus are intricately tied to, are intricately tied to communism in so many different ways. Not only are Justin's actions right now as prime minister cracking down on freedom, freezing people's bank accounts because they disagree with him, labeling people terrorists because they disagree with a vaccine mandate. Um, not only are his actions obviously communist, his ideology is communist and he's admitted it. He is Myers basic dictatorship. He, you know, he was just loving on Fidel Castro, the communist. The finances of the Castros are tied to communist China and their ideology. Their ideology and their words are in line with Chinese communists. And that, I mean, that's been the history too of Trudeau's, of Justin Trudeau's reign as prime minister. He's been very soft on China, very soft on China. The only thing that has been opposite of soft, the only thing that has ruffled the Chinese Communist Party's feathers at all is when Justin Trudeau allowed the arrest and the extradition of the Huawei executive to the United States, which, you know, really angered the Chinese communists. That's the only thing. Other than that, um, Trudeau's, even Trudeau's own aides that worked on national security did not know that um, the Trudeau family had sold the rights of their father's book to the Chinese communists. And no one knows how much money the brothers Trudeau made from that business deal. No one knows that. So, um, again... This stuff is really, really crazy. Really, really crazy. Absolutely communist. And so that's why I'm not surprised. When I see what Justin Trudeau 
is doing in Canada right now, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously, Justin Trudeau is an actual communist. It's not just an insult that I'm throwing around. It's not just pointing out that his actions could lead to communism or are the beginning of communism or embrace the communist ideology. No, the guy is actually a communist. That's his entire history. So yeah, it's easy for us to make fun of him because he's such a wimpy, soft little dude. It's easy for us to say, wow, your hair is so is so gross, or your yoga is so girly, or your costumes are so flamboyant, or your blackface is so hypocritical, or, you know, it's, it's easy for us to mock who he is. He's eminently mockable and an embarrassment to the Canadian people, but he's also a straight-up hardcore communist. It's shocking to see what's going on right now in Canada, which is why I don't think that this is going to, I don't think this is going to end quickly, I don't think it's going to end well. I will say there's a trucker in Canada who said that this isn't going to stop them. This is what he said. He, he, he said this to the Daily Wire. They've already been doing these emergency powers and all it does is make people dig their heels in more. The irony is that these very powers and threats are why we are here. Doesn't that give you the chills? When I read that, I was like, ooh, these people get it. The truckers get it. So you know what? Trudeau can go truck himself. He can go truck himself. This is communism. He's a communist. But here, here's the other thing. Don't think that this is just happening in, Ameri on, in America's hat. Don't think this is just happening in Canada and that it can't happen here. It can happen here because there are communists, ideological communists, and politicians whose fortunes are tied to communists in our government too. And we have, we have a multitude of examples of this right here in right here in our own country right now, this very week. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. But first I wanna to talk to you about the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So with the political pressure of the left and the woke mob that is the Democratic Party now, our society has ultimately become controlled by the cancel culture elites. Since when have the founders of our constitution, the American flag, Dr. Seuss, and many other things become un-American? At, at a point in our history, this would have been unthinkable. There has never been a better, more necessary, more critical time in our nation's history to stand up against this woke mob and fight back. You can do just that with this exclusive offer that I am giving to listeners and viewers of my show for a limited time only. Now is your chance to win a signed picture by President Trump himself. That's right. Not only will you be taking a stand against the radical left, you'll be entering to win a piece of history. All you have to do is text the word Liz to 55404 today to enter. That's Liz, L-I-Z, to 55404. Join me in standing up for President Trump and canceling the radical left once and for all. This is paid for by the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Just text Liz, L-I-Z, to 55404. Just this week in this country, don't think that, this, well, that what's happening in Canada can't happen here. Just this week, think about the media. What has the media done? The media, the mainstream media outlets have ignored Durham's filing. And when I say Durham's filing, I mean the bombshell smoking gun evidence that Hillary Clinton paid a law firm to infiltrate the computer servers at Donald Trump's home in Trump Tower, at the executive office of the presidency in the White House to plant evidence or to plant inference to try to tie him to the Russians, to the Russians, to Russia's Alpha Bank specifically. This is holy bleep. And the mainstream media doesn't care. They don't care. The only people, this should not be ideological. If this, if, this were, if this were the reverse and there was evidence that a group of Republicans staged an insurrection like this, 
against a Democrat candidate for president and then a Democratic president, I would be standing up just as loudly, speaking out just as strongly because we can't allow this in our country. It's illegal, it's immoral, it's dangerous. But the mainstream media, they don't care about this. The only reason somebody wouldn't care about this is if you are ideologically so far to the left, if you are a socialist and a communist and you believe that the end, socialism and communism, justify the means, justify the crackdown, justify the violation of inherent constitutionally protected rights and norms, our democracy, our republic, our constitution. Well, the mainstream media is showing their cards. This is, this is what they believe. They believe the ends justify the means because they are communists. If a media, if an apparatus of the free press is so compromised that they're willing to ignore a story as big as this, as significant as this, well, what does that do? That emboldens those who stage these kind of coups, those who engage in these conspiracies, those who plan these plots, they know they can get away with it because the free press isn't gonna hold them accountable. So the stage is being set here in this country. And then our institutions of higher learning, we know they brainwash our kids, we know that they are indoctrinating kids in radical leftist ideology, but Harvard, guess who Harvard is inviting as their commencement speaker for this 2022 graduation year? Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand. This is a woman who has cracked down in an authoritarian way that almost, almost makes what Justin Trudeau is doing look mild. She is cracking down in a way that's not allowing people to leave their houses, not allowing them to travel, um, stifling their free speech, their basic, their basic human rights essentially, with vaccine mandates and mask mandates and restrictions and lockdowns and all kinds of just absolutely crazy, nutty authoritarian um, authoritarian, well, communism, it's communism. And Harvard is calling her, is championing her. They're praising her. They want their students exposed to her. So our institutions of higher learning as well, they are conditioning students to accept a communist takeover. And the, the free press, as you know, coupled out with the free press, being willing to look the other way. And we are just paving the road, paving the road toward communism. And then we have this week confirmation that the attorney general, Biden's attorney general, Biden's secretary of education and the National School Board Association did actually all conspire together, the three of them, to uh, use the FBI to call parents who were protesting school board members to call the parents domestic terrorists. So we now have the highest apparatus of law enforcement in our country and the executive branch of our government, the pres including up to the presidency and the cabinet of the presidency, trying to stifle and silence dissenters, criminalize, criminalize dissent, and criminalize, actually, it's, it's worse than criminalizing dissent, they're trying to criminalize our democratic process of, of criticizing elected representatives and even, even you know, taking someone's seat by, by kicking them out via a legal vote. The pay, we are paving the path for communism in our country. So don't think what's happening in Canada can't happen here. It's not a coincidence. It doesn't happen overnight. But if we don't recognize what's happening, we're not just gonna have a communist hat on the United States. We're going to have communism here. Please join me over on Locals. I have my promo code for you today at lizwheelershow.com slash locals is no commies. No commies allowed. N-O-C-O-M-M-I-E-S. That's your promo code if you want one month free for an annual subscription to the Liz Wheeler Show community. And of course you do. I know you do. No commies. LizWheelerShow.com slash locals. Also, I have one spot left still open for 
um, my college campus tour this spring. If you want to bring me to your college campus, go to yaf.org slash Liz. Uh, the application process is pretty easy. You invite me, I come, there you go. yaf.org slash Liz. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.